You're listening to the System Semi Podcast, episode number 231. Today, we're going to be talking about the four-part framework to structure a signature talk that converts. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm super, super stoked to bring this guest to you today. And we're going to be diving into all things signature talks, which we're not just talking about in the typical I'm speaking on a stage realm, but really your signature talk even virtually, which I think is super fascinating. And all of y'all will be able to take away tons and tons of value from this. So this is going to be a note-taking one. You're going to want to, you know, if you're washing dishes or driving this, come back and listen or listen once and come back again, because I'm super excited to learn this as well alongside of you. And so I'm super stoked to introduce you to today's guest, Heather. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm so great, Jordan. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So excited. So before we dive in, go ahead and tell us a little bit about you and your business. Sure. So I'm Heather Sager and I'm a virtual speaking coach for online entrepreneurs, helping them clarify their message, craft their message and show up in a way that's magnetic for their audience so they can grow their business through their email list or whatever that looks like. And, you know, it's kind of funny talking about the idea of speaking because I mean, at the time of this recording, I would imagine whenever this goes live, we're still in a world where live events are not happening. And it's a really interesting thing because I think a lot of people think about speaking as this thing on real physical stages, but it's something that we all do every single day. And so for me, part of a big piece of my business is helping people understand that we're all speakers we may as well just do it with a little bit more intention and on purpose. And when we put more power behind our voice and more intention with what we have to say, business becomes easier. Relationship building becomes easier. Marketing becomes easier. All the things become easier just by crafting and learning this really core skill. I love that. So with that being said, again, we're going to be really talking about your four part framework to structure a signature talk that converts. And so let's first dive into what your clients' businesses look like or what they're trying to accomplish before they've actually implemented this framework. Yeah, sure. So most of the people that I work with, they're entrepreneurs. Many of them have some kind of online business and their goal is they want to be seen as an authority, like be the go-to in their industry. Maybe they're not trying to chase like the coveted number one seat or have this vision of being the top keynote speaker or the number one podcast, but they want people to see them as a premium service provider or coach or course creator, whatever that field looks like. And A lot of the challenges lie in, we have this expertise, we have experiences, we have this knowledge and frameworks within our business, but oftentimes we struggle on how to articulate those pieces. And what we really struggle with is how do we speak and educate in our marketing in a way that actually is persuasive and not schmucky. So a lot of my clients and a lot of my students are challenged with this. It's even funny because many of them do marketing in their businesses for other people, yet they still struggle to come up with their own stories and their own content. So what we do in my business is we help people put a framework around it so they understand 
what it is that they have to offer in their content, but structure it in a way that actually connects to what their audience needs and connects back to their paid products and programs so they can grow their email list and their revenue while serving their audience and positioning themselves as the go-to. Yes. And it's super, it's so true because when it comes to storytelling, I'm like, I'm not interesting. I have no stories. I know nothing. And (laughs) it's funny because my content manager is in charge of like really pulling that stuff out of me because again, I just don't find myself all that interesting. And then when she starts to prompt and, and pull things out, I'm like, oh, like I do have something to say about that. Or I did experience that. Let me go back and think about it. And so it is really funny that like our life is happening and yet we don't connect it all when it comes to how we show up and present ourselves in signature talks, whether that's speaking on stage or in mastermind groups or at summits or whatever the case may be. So people are funny and I'm the exact same way. So, all right, go ahead and start walking us through each step and really, again, explain why it is that this is so, so crucial. You know, it's funny that you say this, that idea around like you don't see the stories in yourself. I think it's true for so many of us, our businesses. We don't realize how good our stuff is until we see other people experience it. It's just hard to talk about what we do. So what I teach is what I call the magnetic framework. And it's a four part process essentially that I run people through. And what I like to say is it's not necessarily a step-by-step system because I'm a big believer that the thing that makes us magnetic in our brands, the thing that allows us to connect well with other people is when we show up authentically as ourselves and use our own unique personalities and learning styles to connect with an audience. So I find the plug and play frameworks for speeches to be ineffective. And that's how people come across schmucky is when they try to borrow scripts from other people. So instead of a step-by-step, I like to think about it as four pieces of a puzzle and you get to choose how you shuffle them together, how you use them in working tandem. But I'll give you an analogy for it just to help this ring true for you and your audience. So I love to cook. I love to bake. But one of the things I really prefer cooking over baking because I am not so much a measurer of recipes. I like to get inspired by a recipe, but then I don't know, just go off the cuff a little bit. So I don't know. Do you like to cook, Jordan? Yes. I have so many kitchen gadgets. It's kind of embarrassing. Okay. So we'll play off this a little bit. So this idea of in cooking, there's the process that you get all your ingredients together, what's often referred to as mise en place, everything in its place. So get all the pieces together. Then you actually have a recipe where you start cooking core ingredients. But what I find is sometimes you can use the same core ingredients for different recipes. It's just like you vary up the spices a bit. So I like to teach people around how do they bring their own spices to the mix to make a traditional ground turkey recipe go from a Mexican recipe to a, an Ethiopian recipe or a Spanish re- recipe or a Italian recipe, like same core components, onion, ground beef, whatever, but you just vary it up a bit. So what those components look like, I'll give them to you and then we'll walk through each of them. Number one, purpose. Number two, content. Number three, story. Number four, delivery. Now, each of these is very simple for a reason, but it's through the simplicity that you have to develop your level of mastery. So with purpose, what I mean by that is I think the mistake that most people make when it comes to speaking in their business is they say yes to speaking opportunities without understanding why. 
And theoretically, the why is somebody asked you to speak on their stage or you quote unquote, like, no, you should be speaking. But you have to be really clear around why this stage, why this audience, why now in my business? It has to actually connect back to one of your core business goals. So are you trying to build your email list? Are you trying to grow your authority? Are you looking to position yourself in public relations? What are you actually trying to do in your business? Get clear on your purpose, but also get super clear around what's the goal for your audience. It's more than just setting objectives and those objectives can't be the goal of my talk is for my audience to sign up for my freebie. Like they don't care about your freaking freebie unless you make them care about your freebie. You have to make sure that you have something of value for them, regardless if they choose to go further with you. So having clarity around why you're speaking in the first place, both on the strategic level for your business, but also for that specific stage, that is the fundamental like starting blocks for any single business owner who wants to do speaking in their business. Yeah. I think that's super important because I find, and and this is how I just think humans are, to be quite honest, is if you don't provide any value for free, then why in the heck would I pay you? Like it doesn't allow for me to truly get to know you, your values and what you're all about. If you are trying to just hide all of the things. And I'm not saying that you just are out here, you know, giving everything away for free. However, it's, you can tell the difference between somebody who is genuinely wanting to give value versus somebody who's being super nitpicky. And I don't even know what it is, but just like strange. It feels like you're being played. Yes. Like somebody's clearly feeding you just a little nibble just to get you excited so they can be like, and to learn more by my program. Like we can sniff it out. We're intelligent people. We can see that a mile away. Like I think anymore, you have to be authentic. You have to show up with value, even if they don't move forward. I like to think of speaking as like a live audition for whether or not you want to work with that person. And we're all auditioning all the time. And the goal isn't to get everyone to buy your program. Like the goal is to find people who resonate with you so that you can work with them. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. All right. What is next? So number two is content. Now, obviously this is important in any of our businesses. We need to have good content. It's a fundamental pillar of marketing, especially in our online world. What I like to focus on when it comes to a signature talk with content, what we need to be realizing is most people approach speaking as an educator. Like, let me share with you everything I know. And that's a real miss. So I like to say that there's that common phrase, overwhelm is a choice. I think that that's completely true and it's hurting your growth in business when you overwhelm people from the stage. So I like to encourage people to treat their content on a stage like Marie Kondo. You got to ask yourself, what brings your audience joy and Marie Kondo the crap out of your content, which means you need to get rid of the stuff that's not serving your audience. That's just creating overwhelm and focus only on the things that are going to add value for them in that moment. Because while you can give people all the tools and recipes and all the things, like if you're giving them a roadmap that's going to take them 18 months to implement it, that's not helpful. So you have to think about your content in two ways. One, where is your audience at right now? And how can you give them a quick win or something they can implement right away? 
but also how can you help your audience think about your topic and your content differently by teaching them ways to think about your topic. So for example, for me, whenever I do a signature talk around speaking, we actually already hit on this, instead of just jumping into, hey, here's how to give a good talk, I have to help people understand that speaking isn't just for the stage. We talk to people every single day in our businesses. So if we treated every interaction we had with people as a quote unquote speaking event, when we show up for a stage, we'll be even better. We'll also be even better when we show up for a client call. Like this idea around thinking of speaking as a daily activity versus a once in a, every once in a while kind of thing. That is a shift that I have to help people with. And it's valuable to them, but it's also really important related to my content. So when it comes to content, not only do you need to downsize your content, you need to make sure that you're focusing on the right content that helps your audience view your solutions from a lens that will be helpful for them. Have you been dying to create a VIP day or virtual intensive offering, but are stuck in overthinking everything? You love what you do and how you support your clients, but lately it's become, well, too much. You may even be hitting your monthly revenue goals, but you're left completely exhausted. Yeah, been there, bought the t-shirt and the mug. Good news, I've built my virtual VIP day bootcamp that walks you through the nine steps to create and selling a one day virtual intensive. Grab the podcast only pricing of $37 for this two hour training plus tons of bonuses to build and sell your own one day virtual intensive. Since 2016, I've completely replaced monthly retainers with one day virtual intensives and VIP weekends. So join me and stop dealing with the late night slack pings, lacking control over your own calendar, chasing invoices, explaining scope creep again, you kept my drift. Head on over to systemsamey.com slash pod bootcamp. That's P-O-D-B-O-O-T-C-A-M-P and grab the goods. All right, back to the episode. And so what's the, some of the criteria in which, and maybe you're going to go into this, but what's some of the criteria in which, cause I mean, you know, not to shoot my own horn, but I feel like everything I say is super great, not particularly, but I do have my expertise, right? And so how do you start to decipher what content is going to be best suited for that transformation into them recognizing that you're great to help them with the next steps, whatever that looks like? Yeah, good question. So I think that you've probably heard the phrase a lot around the why and the what versus the how. And there's a phrase around like focus on teaching people the why and the what over the how to when it comes to your quote unquote free content. And while I think there's a lot of truth to this, I want to dig a little bit deeper. So what typically happens is we've all been burned in the past where we've seen speakers on stages just ranting about fluff. And we're like, man, I like actually give me something that I can use. So we then approach our speaking as like, let me give all the how to so I can be really tangible. That's a word I hear a lot from my audiences. They want tangible solutions for people. So what happens is when you start doing all of this how to stuff, like let's say you do a seven step process for getting your books clean. Let's pretend you work in financials and you want to help online business owners get their books clean. And you do seven steps. What happens is let's say somebody goes home and they refer to their notes and start going through each of the seven steps. What happens is 
everybody's business and context of their life and their experiences are different than yours. So when we teach so much of the how-to and we don't really explain the context around it or teach people how to problem solve or approach the why they shouldn't skip these steps, what happens is somebody gets home and they try steps one and two, something breaks and doesn't work. And they don't have enough context to troubleshoot on their own. So they abandon it and say, this doesn't work. And then they move on or go look for a different solution. So what I like to say is how you start determining what to cover on stage is it's really less about the step-by-step how-to. And it's more around what does your audience need to know about this information so that they can think more strategically. Like, what are they not thinking about right now that you can shed some light on so they can actually exercise their own critical thinking skills? So you hear like mindset shifts, ideas of beliefs. Those are things that are really good in signature talks. However, because like we joked about before, we're really smart on this. When you use those terms, people are kind of turned off by that. So you have to maybe call them different things or you have to be thinking about more of the why versus the how but it still has to be valuable for your audience. That's so true. There's some audiences where if you say mindset shifts, they're so excited. And then there's other people that are like, bump this, give me some tactics. So I like that you pointed out, you know, again, know who you're talking to and what they're going to be interested in. But yeah, focusing on that, I think is good. So, all right. What is number three? Number three is story. So I love that you mentioned before, like, oh my gosh, I have no stories. I hear that a lot around like, oh my gosh, I don't have a lot of stories, but we all know we have stories. Stories are just experiences that you tell other people about. And we all, well, maybe just me, go to drinks with our girlfriends over margaritas and we reminisce about our college days. We reminisce about when we were kids or we talk about something that happened last weekend. We all have stories, but for some reason, when we're put on the spot spot to come up with a story, rather come up with a story that has a purpose, we freeze. It's hard to come up with stories, but stories is a vehicle that allows you to connect with other people. Stories are far more memorable than facts or processes or systems or frameworks. Like those things are important. And obviously we love systems here on the show, but systems without stories, like when you put those two things together, then there's a stickiness factor that will stand the test of time. People will remember stories months and years later. They might not remember all the details, but there's a story that they remember. So when it comes to that, I think the myth that people make is they just start telling stories, knowing that they should tell stories. But what you want to do is make sure you tell stories at the right times. Your story actually has to have a connection to your audience. So if cool, let me give you two tips real quick on storytelling. One is your story has to have a point. And that point has to serve your audience. So the beautiful part about stories is we think they're about us, especially if we're telling our stories, but this might be helpful for you, Jordan. It's not really about your stories and experiences. What you're doing is actually telling the stories of your people, but through your experiences. So if you're talking about, let's say, the journey of creating your podcast, or let's say the journey of recording your podcast, or some challenging product in your business, What you really want to be thinking about is you're telling the story of what happened to you, but what you want to include in the story is feelings, insecurities, thoughts, emotions, things that your audience has experienced too, because you want to speak to your audience's experiences through your story. 
So that's the first thing is make sure your story is, yes, it's about you, but really it's not about you. But secondly, make sure your stories are placed at the right time. What I like to say is the best place to tell a story is right before you make a point you want people to remember. So if you're about to deliver a really important piece of information, a really important shift in thinking, tell a story right beforehand because that's what's going to capture people's attention and they will be so intrigued at that moment, they'll listen. If you don't, you run the risk of people being distracted and missing a really important thing that you have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's, I've definitely experienced people who are really great at storytelling. And someone who comes to mind is Brene Brown. And I can remember multiple stories from her TED Talks or from even her Netflix special. And she's so good at like telling a story. And then all of a sudden there's that moment where she's like, yeah, and that's how. And she completely, you know, shifts from, okay, I'm telling a story to, yeah, this is how you're acting with this, or this is how you're not showing up for yourself or whatever the case may be. And then you're like, whoa, like, and it's so powerful. Whoa, that just happened. How did I not see that coming? (laughs) Right. Like, come on. So I think Brene Brown does a really good job of this. And, you know, she's a great storyteller in general, but she's someone that I came to mind as you were talking about this. She really is. There's, if you actually notice a lot of authors, if any of your audience members are listeners of like Audible or read books in general, you'll notice that is a technique of most authors is they always tell a story at the top of their chapter. You can learn a lot about how authors tell stories. You can mirror that and model that in your business marketing. Mm, Yeah, that's super smart. All right. What is the fourth one? All right. The fourth one is my favorite and my signature area, which is delivery. So words, matter, but how you say those words and how you deliver those matter far, far, far more. So we're talking about body language. We're talking about expression. We're talking about vocal tone, energy in your voice, the way that you approach your content, the feeling that you create for an audience that matters more than anything else. Now, too much energy can come across a little frantic and frenzy. Like, so you have to figure out what's your personality style and how you want to come across. But what I think the mistake that happens is most people spend so much time on their slide deck or focusing on what they want to say that they get so lost in their words, they forget the meaning behind them. They forget why they created the talk in the first place and who they're talking with. So it would really be impactful if you spent far more time practicing your content practicing how you're going to deliver that joke, practicing how you're going to connect with that story, practicing the variability of your voice. I know we're not on video and your audience can't see me, but like, as I'm talking, I'm moving my hands like crazy right now. You notice that there's a lot of variation in my voice. I vary the speed up a little bit. I talk really fast because I know my audience likes things to keep moving. They don't really love the slow, boring talk. Although Sometimes there's value in that, but there are so many things that you can do with your voice and your face and your hands. They're all like an instrument. And when you start practicing different tunes for that instrument, you can create a lot of excitement and emotion within your audience and get them having that feeling of, man, I don't know exactly like what it is about that person, but I really, really want to be around them. Those are the people who want to dive in and work with you. So you want to create energy and you do that through your delivery skills. That's so, so true. And one aspect of event that I'm preparing for soon is that I, one of the biggest things that I was looking for when I was choosing speakers, which we had over like, I think we have 25, it's a lot. And it's a virtual event. And my biggest 
thing is energy because you can be saying some really awesome things, some really valuable things, but I'm sorry if you are a boar snore, I cannot have you on my virtual stage. Like it just cannot happen because it's going to be, you know, two days from 10 AM to 6 PM of a ton of value. And if you, you know, have the energy drop with what you're talking about, then, you know, that's going to reflect poorly on you as the speaker, but also on me and my event and my attendees. And so I agree that this, I mean, every part is important. And like, if you can come with it with the energy, like that almost, you know, can not even make up for, but it can really help elevate what the actual words are that you're saying. So I love that that's, this is part of your framework because it's so important. Oh my gosh. It is. It's, I think one thing real quick on it is I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, oh, energy, but I'm not this pep rally, bounce it around kind of like, we're not saying you need to be that. What I like to say is you have to be really clear around who your persona is as a speaker, what's your brand and how you want others to see you. And then you create the congruency between your content, your delivery style, the kinds of stories you tell, you get to choose how you show up. I just, I recommend you do it with purpose. You do it with intention. And you bring the energy of how you want others to experience you and your brand. And when you do that, that's where people want to follow you and keep working with you. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, my persona, if you will, is your really ambitious best friend. And that came from some of my closest friends who pretty much majority of them are not entrepreneurs, but you know, with me being an entrepreneur and being a go-getter, you know, they're like, I'm not surprised that you're successful in your business. Like no one is shocked that, you know, your ambition has led you to where you are, but you also are approachable and down to earth. And it's about finding that it's again, I don't remember what you said, but it's about finding again, the persona, but also it's, this is me. However, like in real life, like I maybe don't talk as excited or I'm not as like, energetic. I'm a pretty like cool as a cucumber kind of person, like in real life. And so whenever I'm doing videos, I have to pull out energetically the elevated version of the ambitious best friend. And so it's not that it's not me. It is me 110%. And like video will bring your, your energy down naturally, your voice down naturally. And so you just have to really come up a little bit so that people can really relate to you in the way you want them to relate to you. Yeah. It's like a dial. It's like you said, you said, turn it up, like envision yourself, your brand, your personal brand, your business brand, whatever you want to see. Imagine it like a dial. It's all still you. It's all the same dial, but sometimes you're going to crank it up. Sometimes you're going to turn it down, but you get to choose when and how. That's so so true. Yeah. I like that analogy. And so, you know, I don't know if there's some tools that you would encourage in this particular framework, and maybe it's just a good old Google doc or whatnot, but we do like to nerd out on tools, or you can just share your favorite tools that you use in your business. Because again, obviously we're all systems geeks over here. So share with us some tools that, that are your favorites in your business. Sure. I am a huge fan of Google Docs. Now for me, so I'm a speaker. I teach people how to speak. I am not a huge fan of slide decks, which always surprises people. I use them when I need to, especially when I'm like teaching and doing training, but I'm a big fan of Google Docs. That's where I live and breathe all my outlines for content. 
I think that if you just focus on having a really good outline in a Google doc, you can focus more on your content and get less distracted by all the fancy graphics and all those other things. So I've forced my clients to build their content in Google docs far before they put them in slide decks, which for some people that's really hard, but I would say that the other thing that I think is really awesome in Google docs is the voice typing function. So it's under tools where you can just hit the little microphone and then type away. I think that's a really good way for you to practice how you want to say things in advance, but actually see your words facing back at you. So you can do some self-editing. So I think that's one of the things that I use a lot with my clients, but also I would say if anybody wants to get better at speaking, especially on camera, do not underestimate the power of recording yourself and watching it back. That is the most painful, but the best way to get better. It's like, if you want to get in really good shape, there's no shortcuts, only crunches. Like you actually have to do the crunches. If you want to like cut some stuff down there, you have to do them. And I think putting yourself on video and doing the work and watching it back is the best way for you to get better. Yeah. I love that tool. I've heard about the one, the talk to text for the Google docs and stuff, and I've never used it, but I definitely want to be better at, at writing like how I talk and you know I'm pretty good at it and my like secret around that is staying up till two o'clock in the morning because I'm a lot more unfiltered as a perfectionist I have to kind of be a little tired to write so that way it doesn't sound super polished and all of that which is my trick but it probably would be more beneficial for me to just talk it out that sounds a little I love that. Some people I hear, I'm like, just give me a glass of wine and then I'll write my email. (laughs) Exactly. The same exact thing. I'd probably do wine and 2 a.m. It's a combo pack for me. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. So if people want to learn more about this and get in touch with you, share them your freebie link as well as where else people can find you. Sure. So, so two things, a lot of times when people are grappling with this idea or excited by this idea of speaking, they're like, Oh my gosh, where do I get started? So I have a guide that I created specifically for online entrepreneurs who are looking to use speaking as a strategy to grow their email list and their authority. So you can grab that guide. It's the five step step, how to get started to speak on stages, including the virtual ones. That's at heathersager.com forward slash five steps. And of course, I hang out on the gram. That's where I'm at every day. So I love hearing from people over on Instagram and direct messages that I'm at the Heather Sager. All good. So yeah, we'll have all the links in the show notes in the podcast description to go and connect with Heather and let her know what you took away from today's episode. Again, Heather, thank you so, so much for being a guest on the show. Of course, it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to the System Saved Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.